What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Neon Speaks. I'm Neon, your host. And of course, right next to me is AJ, my co-host. And below me are the guests. And of course, this is Neon Speaks, which is uh, worldwide, worldwide. And also we are on Roku, which is amazing. Um, we just recently started that a couple of weeks ago. So, and that's going strong. We have, I believe, 13 or 14 episodes up already. We're getting a lot of uh, traction from all of them. So it's really cool. I'm so excited. But you know something, none of this would happen without number one, AJ, and number two, without the audience. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for becoming part of it. But most importantly, it's our guests that really make the show. We are here every week, um, but our guests, we have different guests every week, so they are amazing. I'm going to pass you over to AJ, and she's going to introduce our two wonderful guests today. Yes, thank you, Ninon. We have two fabulous guests today. Wally Green, he is a ping pong pro athlete and an entertainer. And we have Ari Barkin, an actor and producer. And they've got some exciting projects and things to talk about with you. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Great to be here. It's good to have you both. Um, AJ, have we ever had anybody um, actually representing um, ping pong? Ping no, pong. we haven't. No, <laughs> ping pong is actually very, um, very famous in England. We, we love our ping pong tables and who we can beat. <laughs> um, and I know they do have champion games, don't they, um, Wally? Yeah, 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 all over the world. Yeah. Wally's, Wally's actually a U.S. ambassador. Is that right, Wally? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I've played uh, pretty much every major country in the world uh, for the U.S. team, including North Korea. What, well, how did you end up in North Korea? Because I was going to say um, ping pong is very famous in the Asian countries. Um, they seem to swipe that ball real pretty, pretty fast. Um, and beat everybody. Um, so Wally, what did you do? So I wanted to uh, recreate um, American history. So in 1971, um, America established relations with China through ping pong. It's called the ping pong diplomacy. Mm -hmm. uh, hence you got the movie Forrest Gump. So I wanted to do my own, I wanted to make my own history and do my own ping pong diplomacy to North Korea. So that's why I went there. Well, hang on a second, North Korea. Yeah, you didn't say South Korea, you said North Korea. North How Korea. did you get into North Korea? I didn't think they allowed too many people in there. Uh, if you're a professional athlete playing for your country, you can go to any country in the world, pretty much. Oh, see, we all, with the audience, we've all just learned something. Ari, have you just learned something about I just the did. I just did. <laughs> yeah, I think we all just learned something. I, I know that, you know, with the Olympics, we can travel anywhere, but I didn't know that if you were a champion of whatever you are a champion of, 
I don't know. I'm a champion of talking, actually. <clears throat> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know if anybody gets an award for that. Well, actually, I've got a couple of awards up here for talking. But, Ari, um, now you are a producer, you're an actor, and you've got a great background. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's wonderful Good. to be here talking to you. Uh, wow. Well, yeah, I wanted to mention about um, Ari. He's got some wonderful achievements in the acting and film and TV world. And um, he's done movies like Lie Hard and um, a lot of others. He's got, and recently Big Dogs uh, being in on the Amazon Prime series. How was that, Ari? That was a lot of fun. That was uh, most of the time spent being very angry, being very mean. I played a Chechen terrorist on that show. Oh, okay. So you were, doing, you were playing that part purposely. That was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, maybe if you were angry on the set, or maybe something went wrong. <laughs> no, no, it's, that's that's the best part about playing a villain. It's it's you get you get a chance to explore safely what it's like to be on the other side of the of humanity. I guess to say because, like you know, I, I'm I, I don't tend to be an angry person. I'm not you know. You don't mean, look like an angry person. I, I try to be kind and friendly, which is going to be my message later on to anybody who's, uh, you know, who's thinking the industry. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, that show was amazing to film. And it's a little relevant in my mind right now because uh, half the time was spent using guns, prop guns on set. And, oh, wow, that's a uh, little bit of a tough, touchy um, subject right now, I think. Yes, yes, exactly. What, so, what do you think of what happened since we're on that subject? What do you yeah, think? I think it's totally current and we can talk about it. What happened was uh, complete negligence. Um, just to give you an example of what good producing looks like is exactly what I experienced on Big Dogs. I had, um, you know, the opportunity to work with different decommissioned weapons, which have the ability to fire blanks. Blanks are just basically creating that, you know, flash, that muzzle. However, before that even gets into your hands, uh, a series of people have to go through it to check it out. So the armor unlocks it, gives it to the prop people. The prop people uh, are given an examination that there's nothing inside, that is completely clear, that it can't fire anything. Mm -hmm. uh, the prop department then gives this to the assistant director, which the assistant director then checks himself, shows it to the director, shows it to the actor that will be handling it, shows it to anybody that's gonna be on set at the moment. Here's the problem of what happened in New Mexico, which I've worked in, a, I've worked in that state before on a film and everything was safe and great because of great producing. But unfortunately here, the producing was horrible. There was criminal and civil negligence. And because nobody checked that gun before they gave it to Alec Ball. So, well, that was my question too. My question was, you know, I was an actress and did lot, lots of different things and on sets and see guns and other instruments and things. And my whole point was, why was the gun ever loaded in the first place? Exactly. When they handed it to him, they said some kind of, of name they call it, which means there's a blank in there. So he was unaware that there was an actual bullet in there. So to be was to he be, unaware of what? So so to be completely honest, when they yelled "cold gun," which the assistant director did, that means there is nothing in it completely, no blanks, no nothing. Alec Baldwin was expect was expecting a completely empty gun, no blanks, no prop bullets, no no dummies as they call it. Yeah. But unfortunately, what happened on the set was when you hire inept crew, this inept crew will take a real gun on set, which this is technically a real gun. And they will put real bullets in it, which they did on the set, and they went plinking. They basically did target practice when they weren't filming. And so the re there is no explanation for why a real bullet made it to set. Yeah. That is the problem. Who brought those bullets to set? 
And so this is totally it is totally negligence, totally one hundred percent negligence. Totally negligence. But not to do with Baldwin because he had no idea. So, you know, but, and he, you know, I hope everybody understands this and I'm going to say it, that he has to bear this the rest of his life of what he has done. I mean, do it, yeah. whew, I'm feeling touched myself at the moment, but um, I mean, that's really very, very tricky. Um, Wally, what do you think of this? You're an actor. <laughs> no, I'm not an actor. Um, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> yeah, he's been on the red carpet with Susan Sarandon, yeah. and he's been on the Steve Harvey <laughs> show. We have a uh, star. It, it's 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 pretty sad, man. It's um it's I I don't know how I would feel, you know, to be in his position because, like you said, for the rest of his life. You know, this is something that you have to, you know, you have you have to live with, and this is something that you know you didn't choose to to for this to happen. No. Like this, this like you had no idea, and I, it, it's, I think it's tough. I think it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, he's gonna need some therapy for sure to, yeah. to, to handle this. Um, and yeah. I hope everybody's realizing um, what he's going through and what actually happened to him. I know, you know, obviously the whole set, the producers know he was one of the producers, but the whole set. Um, knows what went on, but he's the actual one that it, that he it actually happened to, and so you know, and I think we should sort of you know, I mean, it's hard to have sympathy on something like this that's so dramatic because now we've lost a beautiful woman, um, and and her husband and her child and everything, and it's um, Helena. Helena. Her name was Helena, and yeah. her, the wife, and yeah, Helena. Her name. I'm talking about the husband, but anyway. But you know, and they they have to bear this all, as well the rest of their lives. So, you know, so I guess all four of us are going to give our condolences out there and and wish everybody all the best and and hope that everybody works it out and and the outcome of it to make sure it doesn't happen again. I I think that's going to be the message. On that, I'm going to go back to Ari. Ari. Um, you've been in a lot of movies. We've talked about a couple of them. You also are a producer. What do you, do you prefer, either one, acting or producing? Or you probably like them both. So for, that's a great question. So to me, first and foremost, the most important thing is acting. It's, it's, you know, getting the role, booking the role as an actor. Now, the producing, I kind of just fell into naturally because over the last 10 years of doing this professionally, well, now almost 11, I chose to create a network around me. So every single time I was on set, whether I was doing, at one point I was doing background work, which is totally fine and great. And it's a learning experience. Of course. But when I was doing it, I was trying to supercharge it. I was giving my business card and I was making business cards. I had no right to make business cards at that time, but I still made them. Put yes, some, you did. You've done it. you Put some different headshots it's on you. it. It's you. You got to get some work. <laughs> It, it did, and, and it did eventually work because those business cards, a lot of people saved them and I would give them out to people on the crew. I would give them out to different cast members and just build relationships with anybody who at this point is still doing this and still and still going. And um, yeah, it's, it's just it was the networking made me fall into producing because all these contacts after years have become resources that I am now slowly starting to bring together. And also they know you, you know, it's funny, but um, in the business, when a producer, director and people know you, 
They know what's coming on set. They know that oh, that person's, you know, Ari is going to be there. He's going to do this and he can do this. And you're reliable. And that's one of the hardest things you can ever do on set is get people on there that are reliable, that are going to turn up on time, that are going to know their lines or even the producer to know what they're doing and how they're doing. People don't seem to think it as a business. And it is a it is a business, um, regardless of whichever way you want to look at it. I know it's fun and, you know, when you see them on the screen, but it's getting them from there to the screen. A lot of people who are not in the industry, the first time they, they get a look at a project's producers are on the red carpet, but they don't know the amount of phone calls, the, the different, you know, risks that were taken and, you know, and not risks that would endanger anybody's lives, obviously, but risks in terms of like a gamble on a certain investment or, or yeah. stuff like this. And just, you know, convincing people that, you know, this project will do well, that this project is going to, and it's the truth. If I'm, if I'm saying it, then that means I truly think so. But yeah, a lot of that. It, it can be very difficult, especially when you're putting money into something. And that goes to you, Wally, because he just mentioned the red carpet. And you've been on many a red carpet, um, which has sort of brought you fame. But you have actually cultivated your fame yourself um, by doing what you do. How, how did you start ping pong? I love the word ping pong. I love the word too. Um, <laughs> I started uh, from a very, very uh, dark uh, place. Uh, I, grew up, I grew up in a household of um, extreme domestic violence. My stepfather used to beat up my mom. So that uh, put me into really crazy mindset. I was in a gang at the age of 12. By 13, I owned six guns. Um, yeah, oh my so I, yeah, These were so real I guns, really right? Yeah, real ones. Yeah, okay, so, we're having like a conversation on guns today. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, I was living a really dangerous, violent life, and um, to make a long story short, uh, somebody wanted to save my life, and they paid for me to go to Germany to learn ping pong. So that's oh, how really? I. Oh, really? They paid you to go yeah, to Germany. They, they paid for me. They paid for you to go yeah. to Germany. Now they so, must have seen something that you didn't see. Yeah, well, this particular person, uh, I met him at a ping pong club, and I actually hated ping pong, to be to be honest. You hated it? Yeah, I hated it. Oh, okay. Sport. Yeah, and I, I hated it in the beginning. Well, anybody out there that hates something, go ahead and do it, because you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true, it's true. And, um, uh, you know, he, he, he was paying me $20 just to hit with him. That's how we met. He didn't have a partner. He wanted to have a partner to with him two oh. times a week. So he offered me money and I said, okay. And we would talk about my life and my family life and just things in general. And for him, it was more like a movie. Like if, if you don't know anyone who's grew up in this life or lived this life, it's a movie, right? How does a 13 year old get six guns? Actually, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I what I do know about gangs, though, I do know that the older gang people, the twenty years, fifty year olds, I do know that they send the younger generation people like you out to do the shooting and to do all that. And I also know I, I had a program that I used to cover this, and I know that they all end up in juvenile hall shooting somebody, and they're there for 10, 20 years. So exactly. they blame the number. I, I think I'm right, right, Wally? That's what they do. So they don't, so they can kill who they want to kill, but they don't actually do it. They get people like you to do it. I think that's absolutely deplorable. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 uh, did you ever kill anyone? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. 
good. Well, I do want to say one great thing that Wally has accomplished. He has made a, he is the co-founder of Spin New York. And can you tell us a little bit about that, Wally? Yeah, so uh, what's what Spin is, Spin, we took the concept of the sport of ping pong because ping pong is very serious and it's very, you know, focused and mental focus. We wanted to make it fun for everyone. So we created um, a bar, restaurant, lounge, nightclub that involves ping pong. And Susan Sarandon is also the co-founder of our club. And um, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a place where you can go and have fun and party while having an actual activity. Now you must have liked doing this because of your situation when you were young. So how how old or how young can anybody go into this place? Is it a bar oh, or drinking? Oh, oh. So during during the during our early hours, families can come in, kids can come in. But okay. uh, once it gets around 8 p.m., then it's over 21. Because now, now it becomes more, more of a nightclub, the DJs come in. And the party starts, you know, but during the daytime, anyone can come in. Anyone can come in. So you've got the you've got the younger generation, which yes. means you're taking care of people like yourself when you were young that can come in there and have an activity and do something. I I understand the name spin. Is that because I know when you when you spin, you try yes. to spin, you yes, spin exactly the ball, yeah. the ping pong, you have good. to spin it. And it has to sort of do this funny thing so that when it hits, it's like it keeps going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the other, exactly so the other person, can't, person can't find it or hit it or do anything with it. Is that why? That's exactly, exactly what I thought. <laughs> I thought so. 100%. Susan Sarandon. Now, how did Susan Sarandon come in, involved in those? And how did so, you get involved with her? So we used to have a party in our apartment called Naked Ping Pong. All these names. So we had a party called... Ping Pong. Yeah, so so naked ping pong was a party. I, the, the word naked meant just living life free and enjoying life without worry. And so we had these tables in this loft apartment and we'd have a party and people would come and hang out, you know, bring your own beer. Then our party started getting a lot bigger. So I was the only ping pong player at the time. My other three friends were filmmakers. They were documentary filmmakers. And um, one of my friends, uh, friend is Susan's assistant and she needed a, a birthday video edited for Tim Robbins. Yeah. So, so she was like, well, I know these guys in this loft apartment, they have this crazy party. It's super fun. You should come down and meet them. They can edit the video. And then that's how we met Susan. Cause I remember the first time when I walked in, I, I was coming in and I saw her sitting down talking to my friend, Jonathan. And I was like, man, she looks really familiar. She looks really familiar. <laughs> that I know her. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. know something, I'm going to go back to you, Ari. And you know, you were saying that when you were on set, you would pass cards around and you were doing certain things. And that's the same as what the two of you have actually done the same thing in different ways by being friendly with people. And you did this, Wally, by being friendly with people and coaching people and then also opening up a club and doing something, getting people involved. And Ari, you've done the same thing. And, and that's also enhanced your business as well, what you do. It, it did. I mean, literally, I can tell you one story where passing on my business card eventually led to a role in a major feature film. Um, Which one was that? Uh, it's called Clover. It's also out on Amazon Prime, but it's also available on demand anywhere. Uh, iTunes and uh, on your cable and, provider. And you're in it and you have a big part? I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say it's a big part, but it's a sizable role. You know, it's significant. No, no, no parts are small, but it's not one of the main roles. But 
it was an honor to work amongst this cast and it, it I didn't even have to audition for it and well, I want I, everybody to go over and see the name of the movie is Clover and yeah. I want you to go and I want you to look out for Ari Barker Barker again yes. sorry Barker and to make sure you have a look because he's our guest and I want everybody out there to check him out I want you checked out because I think Thank you're pretty you so awesome. <laughs> and you too, Wally. You go and find out where this is and check him out. <laughs> and then we build him up because the more people that see you, the more parts you get and the more things that happen, right? Right, Harry? That's that's how it happens. You just it's promotion and publicity and just getting your name out there. And yeah, yeah. No, so your advice would be to the younger generation or to anybody out there, because I think you can actually start the industry, the movie industry at any age. I don't think that's, except it seems to be more towards older men than older women. O older men get more parts than, than older women, unfortunately. That has been, that has been the trend, yeah. <laughs> I hate to talk about it because I'm an older woman, but at the same time, that's the right. truth. I do see a lot of more older women do coming into parts now, though. I have seen this more of a generation change and everything. Um, there is in, in, you know, in gender equality. So in what have you got coming up, Harry? Um, so I just had a short film come out called The Fix, which talks about domestic abuse and alcohol uh, abuse and addiction and, and mental health problems and mm -hmm. how to go about that. And pretty much this short film was based on my friend slash the director's uh, true story uh, about his father being uh, an alcoholic and you know just how it ruined his life. And he kind of wants to send a message to people um, who might've gone through something similar, that there is a way out, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, so to say. And um, you know, I helped them executive produce that. And I also had a little part in it, but the whole, the point I'm trying to promote this particular short film is that it's sending a very important message uh, one that I think will resonate with a lot of people who have dealt with similar struggles, unfortunately. I think Wally is one of them. Wally, you dealt with that as a young man, as a young boy at 12 and 13 and probably eight years old and watching your mom being abused and your father. Was your father an alcoholic? No, it was, it was my stepfather. So, oh, stepfather. so yeah, oh. so, so my stepfather wasn't an alcoholic. Um, he had a bad temper. He, he was a narcissist. Oh. Yeah, and, and pr pretty much um, uneducated narcissist. So he got by because he was a master of his craft. He was a master carpenter, but he was uneducated in terms of schooling. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So what about your real dad, Wally? Did you, do, you have, uh, do you know him? He, he passed away a while ago. I, I, was close to, I was closer to my real dad. Yeah. You're close to your real dad. So you were able to have a little relationship with your father. Yeah, back and, and forth. Back on. And what about your mother now? I, I don't talk to my mom at all. I do want to congratulate uh, Wally for the achievement of winning a the best short documentary in for the film The Tables, which was about ping pong, right, Wally? Back again to the ping pong. So, yeah, so, so that, that, that film was um, it, it. It all happened by by just craziness. Uh, uh, there, there was this director who was um, trying to shoot a film about these ping pong tables that were in Bryant Park, which is in Times Square. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody told me about it. And it's not much ping pong stuff that goes on in this country that I don't know about. And and somebody said, "Hey, there's a guy shooting." I was like, "What is the guy shooting?" 
And so one day I randomly went to the park and I saw this guy with a camera and I said, hey, are you shooting some film about ping pong? He goes, yeah. And I said, well, my name is Wally and I'm going to make your film a lot better. And that's how I started working. That, oh, and that's how we started working together. And we won. And there, you are, there again, you see, you're working together. Back to you, Ari. Yeah. Again, it's, 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 it's all this contact and working together and putting it out there. Actually, um, AJ and I have the same thing. We work together. And when you work together, it becomes successful because you've got two people you know, putting something out there and, and have got the same idea and the same feeling. And it, it truly, all, it, all we're doing is helping other people like yourselves. Absolutely. And I wanted to, I agree with you 100%, Nina, and that's a great point. I did want to ask uh, uh, Ari, what was it like working alongside Harvey Keitel? Harvey Keitel was, uh, that was, um, I worked with him on a film called First We Take Brooklyn, which was directed by my friend Danny Abikasser. And, um, you know, he's definitely one of my top 10 favorite actors. And I was saying this before I had met him, but when I found out that I was going to be working alongside him, oh, wow. uh, I realized that you know, this was a big bucket list moment. And um, to hear just him talk, you know, he was there for just one day and to hear him talk for 14 hours, just nonstop about like history of film and, and just getting to know him personally on a level where I didn't expect that to happen at all ever up until this moment um, was pretty much a one of a kind thing. The right place at the right time. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. Could have, you made I could have a role that played with somebody else, but I happened to play with, with him. So. What fun. So congratulations on that to, to, to you. And also congratulations to Wally. You guys have done really, really well. And I'm excited for your future projects too. It sounds like we're wrapping up. Um, are we wrapping up, AJ? Are we coming to an end? We are. Okay. Well, before we go, um, how could anybody reach you, Ari? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at the Ari Barkin. At the Ari Barkin. That's it. And that's it. Instagram only. Oh, well, you can find me on it. You can contact me on Instagram, uh, but you can also check me out on IMDb. Just type in my name and you can check out all my credits and what's coming up and uh, keep yourself updated. And how about the spin? <laughs> Wally. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's Wally Green NYC is on Instagram. And yeah, I mean, that's the best place to find me. I, I, I do answer all my DMs. And if you like to read, um, great story that I wrote um, in the New York Daily News, just Google Wally Green and North Korea. And that'll tell you one of And you'll get a great story in there. Um, do you both have websites? Do you have a website, Wally? I do, I do. Okay, it's, so go to your website. WallyGreen.com. What about you, Ari? Same thing? Mine is under construction and I'll be announcing that shortly. Okay. Well, I had a website, but now I'm kind of doing a different format for it. So it's, it's going to be live soon. But it's sure. probably going to be AriBarkin.com. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, Wally, if uh, people, um, if you could have advice about ping pong, because um, it's not really something that is really, it's well known, but not that well known because it's a different game. What would you say to the younger generation to get involved in it? Oh, man. Actually, uh, so I want to answer that question within another question. Go ahead. So Ari mentioned something, and I, and I think it's really key for people to really understand this. When he was at a lower position in acting, did you notice what he did? He prepared his business cards. He went out there. He did the work. He created the action, which gave him the return. And I think more important of anything in life is the action. It's, yeah. you gotta you gotta take that step you cannot be afraid like if i was in 
an actor and I was on a set, I would do the same thing he did. I'm that kind of person. I would go talk to the directors. I would go talk to everyone. Everyone would know who I was so that when later when the road later down the road, they would reach out and say, oh yeah, that's Wally. I remember I met him there. And what he did is amazing. And everyone should really think like that and, and operate like that. Do you know, you made, you made a very great statement and both of you have kind of made it through this whole program. And that's been to know who, let people know who you are and don't be afraid of letting them know who you are, what you are. Don't be afraid, a director, a producer, anybody is the same as you that we are all people. They've just got a different position because maybe they've earned it or maybe they were down where you were at one time. And, uh, and this gets me to a point, there's a singer in this town, Troy, and Troy came into this town within one week. He got a job at the um, at one of the big hotels. The reason he got that job, he got his cars like you were talking about, and he he walked up and down Vegas Boulevard and passed his cars around. Wow! And that's and he wasn't ashamed of doing it. He said, "Well, I had to let people know who I was and what I was." He said, "I did sing a little bit too, you know." But uh, he said mostly passing and saying hello to people and, and, and letting people know who he was. So I think that's a great, incredible message out there. Um, I think we've come to an end, right, uh, AJ? Is, is, uh, she's asking, Nina, wrap up. Come on. <laughs> it's hard to wrap up with you two. You two, these two are the greatest guests I've had. You're both supporting each other. You're both doing something different, but also the same thing. And I think it's absolutely amazing what you're doing with people with like you that we have guests. Uh, they just make this, this Nino Speaks even bigger and better because we're actually giving other people out there a little bit of knowledge of how to make it um, yourselves out there. And don't be afraid, just follow through with what they've done. Don't be ashamed of who you are ever because you are a person just the same, whether you've got money or whether you haven't got money or whatever you are, if you're fat, skinny, doesn't matter, it makes no difference. Just go out there and get it. AJ. Yes, thank you so much, Ninon. And thank you to our wonderful guests, Wally Green and Ari Barkin. You are fine gentlemen and wonderful examples for the world. Thank you for your wonderful energy today. And thank you for the audience out there. Thank you guys, you're absolutely amazing. And thanks to our audience out there because without you, guess what? Nothing happens. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.